Hi there, my name is Ben Eaton, and welcome to the Performing Musicians Podcast. In this podcast, I'll be chatting to a broad range of musicians, artists, songwriters about their experience in the music industry. We'll be talking about their dreams, their background, their career highlights, and a range of other topics relating to making a living inside this tough cutthroat industry. We'll also be discussing the current COVID-19 crisis and how it affects their income, their goals, their dreams, and what they think might happen next to them and the industry they love. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Performing Musicians Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to chat to singer, songwriter, an all-round lovely musical person, Nuala. How are you, Nuala? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I thought I said that in a bit of an Australian accent then as well. I'm, I'm, I'm great, thanks. I'm, I'm, bloody, I'm bloody ripper, mate. <laughs> I'm bloody ripper. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> so thanks very much for being on. Um, just to kick us off, can you tell us what do you do and how long have you been doing it? Um, so I'm a singer-songwriter and I've been doing it all my life. Um, and yeah, since I was like four, which I know sounds a bit cliche, but at the same time, I can't remember a time when I didn't sing or want to do music. Right. I've always been very passionate about it. So yeah. That's amazing. So <laughs> from four. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's just like my earliest, me- like my mum said that, um, like the the time that she realised she uh, I could sing was I was in a nativity play at school and it was my it was I did I was the angel Gabriel and I did like a solo performance and I walked down the aisle and I had my little like angel costume on and then everyone was like oh she's got a voice um, <laughs> and I can't even remember that that much but that's what I mean is that it's always been in my life it's always been like okay I'm gonna be a singer do you know what I mean I'm gonna do music there's never been anything else that's so. that's pretty cool man that's that's not that usual you know. Really? I don't know. Well, some people find it later, maybe. Yeah, I think most people sort of go, yeah, I really like that. And then they discover mm. they're good at it. And then they go, oh, I'm going to do this. But not many people mm. from the time they could walk or before, yeah. go, I'm going to be a singer. Yeah, I think um, well, I think it's, I've always had like a natural ability. I've always had a bit of a talent for it to start with. And then I think also my my mum and my dad actually like both quite musical and were in bands together when they were younger. And then um like my mum's a guitarist, singer, my dad's a drummer. So I've always got like natural rhythm as well. Like I love playing drums. Uh, if I'm at a party, I love getting on a djembe, you know, <laughs> get everyone dancing. And um, yeah, it's just like a natural ability that I have. So I think because of that, I think, you know, um, especially my mum's always been very like supportive and uh, kind of uh, been like, yeah, you can do it. Seems like um, I-, I think not a lot of people, not everyone has that from their parents and from people around them that like, you know, support system. So where are you from originally? Leicestershire. In the Midlands. In the Midlands. Yeah. And I feel like, (laughs) it's a bit of a running joke, but I feel like we don't really have much of an identity in the Midlands because we're not either Northern or Southern, you know? So if you go to North, they're like, you're a Southerner. But if you go down South, they're like, nah, you're Northern. And it's like, oh, where do we belong? (laughs) (laughs) In the middle. So in right in the middle. Yeah. Furthest away from the sea you can get. But no, it's lovely. But there's no music scene there. So that's why I had to come to London. And so is your so family here, here now as well, or you moved down here yourself? Or? 
No, I moved here myself. Um, I moved here to go to uni because I thought, you know, well, mainly to pursue the music dream. Um, but at the time I knew that I couldn't just go with any, like without any plan or idea. So I thought the best way to do that is to study music. Um, so I did. And to be honest, like it helped somewhat, but I think really I could have just, if I had the knowledge I've got now, then do you know what I mean? I could have probably just gone and done the whole thing and just network. And because it's not about, you don't go and do a course to kind of learn it you know what I mean you have to put yourself out there and actually meet people and gig and everything like that and that's how I've gained a lot of opportunities more than anything but it was so great you don't you don't have to get like before you go on to a jam stage I don't give you like so what's the uh fifth inversion of the minus seven oh, I'm oh, God. <laughs> it's quite it? funny because I feel like there was like a bit of although it wasn't really but I don't know it was quite funny there was quite a lot of jokes but it was like the popular music students and the jazz students a bit of rivalry do you know what I mean because it's like the jazz students are like the ones that know their theory and they know all of the like fancy shit and yet like and the pop students are like oh you just know three chords but we're the performers and the songwriters do you know what I mean you write a good song though jazz yeah. student. no <laughs> well i mean it's it's in that's i was talking to someone the other day it's like it, the a level of success success is inversely proportionate to the amount of um, chords in the song yes well it's but like, that's just because simple is best well i think so i mean let's let's get back to that i want to i want to get a bit more of your backstory <laughs> before we start discussing the philosophy of, uh, <laughs> of pop uh, marketing what makes um, a good song yeah, yeah that's right i'm um, so <laughs> So you grew up in 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 Leicestershire, is that right? No, mm -hmm. Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire. Leicestershire, Leicestershire. Leicestershire. Sorry. Yeah, in a little town called Elshilton, on the right. outskirts. Okay, and so that's a that's a small town. Yeah, it's kind of a small town. Uh, it's got a bit bigger now, but yeah, quite small. Um, you know, you have to get a taxi or an, a bus every hour to get into central Leicester. So there's not really much to do around there and stuff. You know, it's one of those situations, but it was all right average town really and so your parents were musicians were they working musicians or were they were they just people that really enjoyed to play and sing no yeah so like um they just did it as like hobby you know like pub gigs and things like that and um hobby. like really into their rock music so kind of grew up with a lot of that like nirvana and led zeppelin and all that stuff like my first the first gig that i went to go see was with my mom and my brother i went to go see red hot chili peppers when I was oh, like 12. Wow. So, <clears throat> so that was a fucking amazing first concert to go to because they're like my favorite band, you know, one of my favorite do bands. Do you remember what album that was off the back of? Uh, I think it was Stadium Arcadian. Yep. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. We were in the standing bit and there's all these like bottle fights going on down <laughs> in the arena, you know, people were going mental. Oh, it's so good. But That's great. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, um, yeah, my. Yeah, my mom does, um, she is a, like, what's it? No, my dad's a computer programmer. I always got that wrong then. But my mom does computer ethics. Um, and she, like, she basically, she is a lecturer at De Montfort University. Um, and she teaches computer ethics, which is pretty cool. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, about, like, Big Brother and the ethics behind, like, technology Privacy. and things like that. Privacy, data protection and oh. stuff like that. I yeah, mean, that, that, that is topical at the moment, isn't it? It's just, this, yeah. Yeah, we've sold, we've sold our souls to the big tech at the moment. I think it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so you, you, you grown up in a small town. You realized when you were four that you're going to be a star. So, yes. <laughs> did you, did you do music in school? And did you, did you actually do music as like through high school? Or did you just 
really enjoy it, singing it, playing it? Or? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I like, you know, I always enjoyed the music classes. I did music GCSE and music A-levels. Never very good at theory. Um, that was always something that, you know, I got A stars in all my performing and songwriting. And then my theory would just bring my grade down because I was just <laughs> never interested <laughs> in it. And um, yeah. it's kind of, you know, and I've still not really grasped it. Every now and again, I'm like, I should learn stuff and get into it. And I just I get bored with it. I can't knuckle down and learn the ins and outs of it. It's kind of like maths a little bit. And I've never been good at that side of things, you know, like where you have to like logical shit like that. Well, there's only yeah. two real international languages. One's mathematics and one's music because they're actually very similar. Like yeah, music, if you write music down, it's just breaking time up into smaller divisions and spaces on a grid. That's all music yeah. is. It's Yeah, it's formula. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, Do you know theory? If you could be your theory. I love that stuff. Uh, I thought you might, actually. I'm I a, thought you might. I'm a complete nerd. In fact, I've spent the last last month really working on one particular modality of the um of this particular modal system then i just love it oh wow it's just because it's for me like i love performing and i love like interacting with the crowd and you know doing doing the do but yeah. for me the juice is also in getting something that's like a <clears throat> like a really something that you feel like is like what everybody else is doing and just giving it like that five degree twist mm. and i think yeah the performers that i really enjoy like the musicians that i really enjoy they take tropes and they just give it a little twist and they give it mm -hmm, a little twist mm -hmm. with with just that little bit of knowledge and when i was younger i just wanted to play as fast as i could just fast <laughs> just doesn't matter what it is just got to be fast now like as <laughs> as i get older the more i want to get into these little wormholes so i love i love theory i love it it's great it's definitely good to know it's like useful i think especially if you get stuck with knowing what chord to go to and things like that you know but um yeah i don't know i think that's one thing though that i always i use it as a defense to be like oh i don't need it because actually that's what makes some of my songs more unique sounding because actually sometimes when i'm like with certain musicians that do know their theory and that they'll be like oh you use that chord there and that's not what you should have usually go to and i'm like oh did i it just sounded good because i'm just feeling it and seeing i'm not thinking oh okay this should go with this you know so i'm not thinking with that brain so much well i was thinking i was listening to a a, 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 a podcast from a just about guitar um, mm. and, and basically theory is just a way of explaining the melodies that you hear. So if you hear the melody and if you hear like where your all theory does, I mean, ultimately, if you are just going, well, we can't do that because it's not, you know, the fifth inversion or whatever, then you're kind of a wanker. Like if, if, you, <laughs> if you limit your creativity yeah, because course. it's not within a structure, then yeah. You know, but if you're writing for like something specific and you have to write it in this form, like if it's for something or it's, you know, then that's fine. But if you're creating something and you go, well, I can't do that because that's not typically done, then that yeah. theory limits you. But if if you can explain what it is through theory, yeah. ultimately that is going to enable you to share your music with other musicians. So that's yeah, that's true, and work if, with other musicians. Much easier. If you write a great yeah. tune and you put a chord in a, in a weird spot, which is not expected, but that's like the juice of the song, like it doesn't mm. matter how you came to it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. if you theoretically know exactly why that works. Yeah. If it works, it works. 
So <laughs> it's if, true. If, you, if you then go, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually subverting this genre by introducing like a parallel minor, you know, you know, like people go, oh, that's very sophisticated. Just, <laughs> you know, if, if you stumble across a cool chord and it sounds cool, then it's cool. Yeah, it's like, it um, does feel good when you have these like really like amazing guitarists or something or they really know their stuff and they're like, oh, that's clever what you did there. And I'm like, oh, is it? <laughs> yes, oh, okay. exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just it's, like, like, oh. <laughs> it's like wine tasting. Yeah. I, I went on these when, when I was, you know, much younger. I thought, oh, I've got to figure out what this whole wine tasting thing's all about. Yeah. And then ultimately, like one of the these people that were on a tour, they just said, basically, if it tastes nice, it's good. I was like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think even like the expensive stuff, like, cause I've, I've had like expensive bottles of champagne versus like the cheap stuff. Right. And it tastes the same, man. I've like tried a 300 pound bottle of champagne and then like, it tastes like Lambrini. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just, but I feel, but maybe wine is a bit different. Like there's some more, but I don't know. I don't maybe, think maybe I'm just, maybe I'm not sophisticated enough to tell them. I don't know. No, but also, but also, it, not. <laughs> also it, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing. That's the other side of it. No. Like, if it, if it, like, that's with music. Like, if, if you've got a song, some of the best songs that have ever been written have got three chords, four chords. Yeah. And it's, it, they are, yeah. Doesn't matter. There's a, there's also a theoretical reason why that works. Like, mm. there's a mm. reason that, that, you know, that pretty much 80% of pop music is about four chord sequences. There's a well, I think as well, what's the, what is the reason? Have you got the explanation for it? Well, the reason is <laughs> the way the chords go one after the other, mm. mathematically, sonically, and societally, the, the formula works. Yeah. And so the reason that every second Ed Sheeran song is that same bunch of chords is because those same bunch of chords sound really good together in that sequence. Yeah. But I think it is as well that a lot of like pop songs and stuff, it's not about the chords and, and everything. It's about the melody, isn't it? It's about the, something you can like, you know, latch on to and, and the lyrics as well, depending on what the song is. It's not about the guitar chords, <laughs> really, not often. No, you know? it's not. But I mean, like so no. a song like Single Ladies. All the single ladies. Mm -hmm. But if you, listen, yeah. if, if you listen to the production of that song, there's basically no harmony at all outside of the vocal mm. line until they go mm -hmm. into the bridge section. Because mm -hmm. everything is just do, 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 do. It's yeah. just a little bit, it's all production, but there's basically yeah. no harmony except for the vocal lines. Yeah. And it's yeah. a fantastic and a, and a beat. song. <laughs> it's a fantastic good. song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. got that bit, you can, but it's got that catchy bit in there, you see? It's got that, yeah. oh, 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 you know? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what chords go underneath it. I could I could play that song with all these subverted chords and put these jazz substitutions under it. I just sound <laughs> I just sound like a wanker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is. It's like jazz music is kind of seen that way, isn't it? As well, it is just like music for other musicians to wank off to, basically. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but don't get me wrong. I absolutely love that stuff. Like yeah, to me, yeah. there, there's a there is a time and a place for that stuff. Like a lot of the music that I write is music for literally musicians. Like I've just released an EP and it's, it's instrumental guitar music. And that's wicked. It's, you know, if I played it for you, you'd probably go, Oh, that's nice. Cause you know me and you go, Oh yeah. That's no, I don't know. But you're no, but you're a shit hot guitarist though. So yeah, I'm yeah, not, but, I don't, but, that, but that, you know. that, the point is like the music, <laughs> I wrote that music for me 
Yeah, yeah. And about 0.05% of the population. And all, like, <laughs> to put it frankly, it's all nerdy guys that love it. And that's oh. fine because I'm a nerdy guy. I love guitar music. So, <laughs> you know. target audience. But that's it. Yeah. So if, if you're going to write music that is supposed to reach a wide audience, write it in a way that is going to reach the people. Like if you, yeah. if you put all these complex harmonies and all these complex chords, if you, want to, if you want to say something direct and meaningful to people, you're better off to put it in a package that people can contextualize and sounds roughly familiar. It just depends what you mm-hmm. want to do. It's all the same. Yeah. I'm not I'm not writing a song that's going to change the world. I'm writing a song that I really dig because I love to play this type of guitar and I'm a, I'm a bit yeah. of a show off, you know. That's ultimately <laughs> what it is. <laughs> and someone will appreciate that. There's always yeah. someone that will appreciate it. if you do, then someone will. That's the thing, isn't it? But that's the thing. Music it, every all music has its place somewhere. Yeah. You know, it just depends. You've yeah. got to find the niche. But anyway, that's all yeah. it's all metaphysics. <laughs> so you you go through do you remember um do you remember the song or a moment where you where you sort of you decided okay this is what I really want to do like when it mm. lit you up Oh wow um oh. I think that's hard I don't know like a specific song but like certain like artists and stuff I remember like you know, because besides like rock music and stuff, which I grew up with, um, you know, when I was a lot younger, like, I used to love like Spice Girls and like, uh, you know, like Christina Aguilera, like I listened to her album so much, the Dirty album, Stripped album. Um, so I guess if, I guess really like probably like 11, 12 year old me when I first start getting properly into music as in, and I think that's the age that most people do, right? When they yeah. start like kind of putting CDs on and actually like, you know, and, and when you had CDs and you would sit, I'd sit on my bed and like look at the booklet and look, read all the lyrics and literally play, replay the album over and over again. And around that time, it was, yeah, it was music like that. It was like Christina Aguilera. I loved like um, Black Eyed Peas, Ella Funk album and Monkey Business. That was later or the one before. I can't remember. Um, but then a lot of just like, I don't know. I don't know like a specific song because I think that's so hard because my music taste has always been quite eclectic. Yeah. Because I've and then I've always loved, you know, like obviously, you know, like the the pop punk rock bands like Green Day and Blink-182 and things like that. Paramore. Paramore was always. Paramore. Paramore. How did I forget Paramore, you know? Like, yeah. Hayley Williams, I've got to say, was was an inspiration. She's amazing. Yeah, she's fabulous. Um, Yeah, she's wicked. So I think she definitely was. But I think Joss Stone was someone else that was an inspiration. Actually, when I think about it, when I go kind of deeper into, because I kind of feel like I've got, I've got a unique voice, but it's something that's kind of grown over time. Right. And you think, and it's hard. I've always found it really difficult when people outrightly ask you like, who are your inspirations? Because I feel like they're expecting me to say something similar to what I sound like. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like people are expecting that. And, and actually the truth is, is like, it's like the inspiration. I think I think it's like when you dig deeper, like into your past, then you can find it. But like the inspirations as to like what is currently like now in my music sphere is maybe not what they're not going to get it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially if I start listening off rock, rock bands and stuff. But then again, I've actually because I've been inspired by like that that kind of music, 
I actually, for ages, I just used to belt all the time. It just used to be, I was very into like, it's got a lot to do with me wanting to be like, listen to me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm here. So if ever I play like a pub gig and stuff, like, you know, and people weren't that interested, they bloody would be because I'd be shouting, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, ah! <laughs> and then I realized that um, light and shade is good. <laughs> and I, and I, it's nice to bring in that, like those soulful elements of my voice and things like that. Absolutely. So yeah, like people like Joss Stone, also like, um, I think the lyrical content inspired by people like, uh, you know, like Lily Allen, like the whole yes. Brit, Brit pop indie yep. stuff, Lily Allen and uh, and Kate Nash. Like that was yep. definitely like my, you know, they, they were really present when I was at that age, like a teenager. So like, Absolutely. yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Lily Allen's great. I can, I can hear that in, in you actually a little bit because, because that, yeah. that frankness, that very much that forthrightness and honesty. Yeah. That, yeah. That that's what I mean. Through, I think. Yeah. I think it's the uh, lyrical content. That's why I say, yeah. like, I think I've kind of jam a lot of like my inspirations in together because I don't sound like Lily Allen. My voice isn't Lily Allen. It's definitely more on the like soulful, slightly rocky edge of things, depending on what kind of songs I'm doing. But the Frank lyrics is very much me. I kind of, I'm not very good with metaphors. I just say it as it is. <laughs> do, you, uh, <laughs> do you follow Justin still on Instagram and stuff? Um, yeah, I actually like, I just got her on cause I've just got on TikTok recently. Um, and I'm trying to like <laughs> get on that, but, um, so I just got her on TikTok as well. And, um, yeah, I follow, I've, I, I remember she did some, um, like YouTube stuff recently and she was kind of doing collabs with different musicians from like different places around the world, which was really amazing. Like yeah, I really love fun. them. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's great. Yeah. I'm not, I, 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 I think I've aged out of TikTok, to be honest with you. I'm, uh, oh, oh, God. Anybody... Have you checked it out? Oh, yeah. My, I've got kids, mate, so I know all about yeah. TikTok. But I if, oh. I if I went on TikTok, it would just be embarrassing. <laughs> no, but you know what? There's a lot of like, you'd be surprised. Like people are using it for many different things. And um, I, know I suppose when you musicians yeah. on TikTok now, isn't there? Yeah. And lots more people are getting on it because the thing with TikTok is it's much easier to go it took me a little while to get into it and I'm, I'm trying to get it now but like it's much easier for things to go viral on TikTok because unlike like Instagram Facebook stuff like that like um you're only every time you post something you're only posting out to like the people that are on your that follow you right yes but like on TikTok it can go on other people's what they call for you page so it um so various other people can see it and that's how videos are going viral all the time like just randomly mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why it's good to post. You never know what might do well. I would try it. I would try it. Just literally, don't get, don't do the trends and stuff like that because it's not. You've got to stay authentic to you. But but just I don't know. Like covers do really well. And yeah, but yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Your heart's got to be in it though. I've only just started doing Twitch, man. That's that's uh, <sighs> that's enough yeah. of a social, a completely different like subculture there as well. So mm. what have you been doing? What you've been doing live streams on there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Um, mm. I've been doing acoustic like acoustic looping stuff, and yeah. then I'm doing in a um, just like a night where I do like electric guitar stuff. So I like do shreddy like like yeah wanky guitar stuff on that as yeah. well. And then I'm just starting to um, stream the podcasts on the Twitch as well. So yeah, that's know, cool. Just yeah, figuring I out mean, what to do, man. That's it. It takes a lot of figuring out and kind of working out what works for you and everything. And, and also a lot of procrastinating and just watching loads of shit on there because you get drawn in and then you're yeah. like, Oh no, another social media platform <laughs> to get addicted to. Yay. Totally. Oh, it's dreadful. Totally. That's all the right. hard thing because you're expected to like adopt it all. 
but then you get drawn in as well and yeah. you can't you can't be without it you got to you oh, got to somehow live a life in there as well oh god i know anyway <laughs> <laughs> can you remember your first gig oh actually mm. so first proper gig cuz obviously i used to do lots of gigs like well not gigs but like shows at assembly at school do you know what i mean so i did all that when i was a kid but then my first my first proper gig i think that i can remember was with my first band brother jerome when i was 13 and we played at the shed in leicester which was a proper music venue like rock music venue nice. and i actually stumbled across this video from way back then and it was uh we did a uh, supermassive black hole by muse yep and um, great song. and it's this really grainy like video of us playing at the shed <laughs> and me singing that so yeah that's probably one of my i think because there's video evidence of it as well that makes me think oh okay you know there might have been something earlier than that but that was probably the first gig i can remember um yeah so that's pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome so you, yeah. you 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 did your gcse's and your a levels in in music and then you went yeah. off to study so where did you study middlesex uni Middlesex Uni. And were you, were you, yeah. was your family supportive of this or did they sort of? Did they oh, yeah. Just... I mean, my mum's a university lecturer, so she's, she's an right. academic. So she's like, that's what I mean. So that's what she does. So she's like all for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, she was like, although it was, I think she guided me in that direction, the same as my brother. Like, um, I don't think anything was ever forced. But like I said, I think like if I, if I knew what I know now, I probably wouldn't have maybe done that maybe I would have just like you know just gone for it just just been like okay I'm just gonna go and get a job there and or just because actually I spent like a couple of years just doing busking to earn money in yeah. London yeah um so that kind of uh you know and I realized that was possible but you don't think that's possible until you actually do it you think how on earth can I live in London just busking like yeah. and it's hard it's really hard but um I did manage that somehow um <laughs> but yeah but yeah um but it was still you know going to uni was it was great because i met some amazing i've met you know i've got my, some of my best friends from there so yeah well so i mean that's i mean to be fair like a lot of the university experience is all about like making connections with people yeah. and sort of expanding yeah. your horizons a bit i think that's yeah that's it's awesome. like stepping stone to like adult life isn't it really i think so yeah um, for sure <laughs> so did you were you there for two years three years three i years. did the full three-year course and then, um, yeah, and then I worked in Sainsbury's for a little bit, which was soul-destroying. And, uh, <laughs> like, just not for me. And then that's when I was like, okay, no, I'm going to um, go and do some busking. So I had an amp, and I tried it a couple of times, realised I could make some money out of it. And uh, so that's when I did that. And I think that really, like, that got me a lot of other opportunities as well, like some really cool gigs from that, from people just seeing me out and about. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah, but I actually had to stop that because um, it just took a toll on my voice. You know me saying with my whole belting. And I think when you're out all day in the cold and the pollution and everything, it just didn't do me good at all. Um, yeah. So I had some real issues with my voice and I had to go and see um, a vocal coach that I got put onto that um, is actually a mentor more than anything. He's amazing. And he's kind of, a, he's also someone that's helped me a lot in terms of like, getting my last manager and things like that. And um, yeah, it's amazing how things come back around, like certain opportunities, you know what I mean? That you meet oh, yeah. someone and then that spirals and it's kind of, yeah, it's so cool. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so you you finished studying, you moved to London. 
Mm-hmm. Were you already writing your own material or were you were you just sort of yeah. figuring out what you were doing? Or I've literally been writing since I was like, my first song I think I wrote when I was like 10. And I think because it was after I, so I went, actually, I um, when I was nine, I lived in America for a year, well, like nine months. So my mum got a job to work at Harvard, which is hey. a very big thing. Yeah, she was like posh. super, yeah. Um, so she did like research stuff over there. So that was an amazing opportunity when we were really young. I've got real fond, fond memories of that experience. And um, I remember coming back and then I've got like this lyric book and I wrote, um, a song called US Survey for about my experience in America when I was like 10. Um, but then, and I started off on piano, actually. I started off on on keyboard and stuff, just plonking, you know, chords and then moved to guitar. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've been writing for so long since then. And then, um, yeah. And then I think when I met my manager, um, I he then put me in sessions with people, which I'd never thought about doing before, like writing with other people. Yeah. Um, I was always very adamant it would just be me, um, you know, and anyone else that was coming in to, it's just going to kind of, I don't know, ruin things. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but actually, actually, like, it has been really good and it's helped develop me as a writer a lot. Absolutely. But, um, you know, um, it's been very good. But ultimately, I still think that some of the best songs are just that come from me, you know, because then it's just like I like to think of it as like it's like a diary entry. And that's how I write my songs anyway. That's what they sound like. It's kind of like a more like a diary entry than kind of a um, thought through piece, you know, of art or something. So more like a so, more like a snapshot. Yeah, it's just like an outpouring of, of thoughts. Um, are always the best songs. I feel like when I think about it too much and try and think, oh, is this good? And you question yourself, then I think everyone, every like songwriter will say that, every musician will say that. You know what I mean? It's just like the best songs always come when they just flow and you're not thinking about it. Yeah. I think uh, some of the some of the, 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 the best songs I've ever written are exactly like that, where you just sort mm-hmm. of go, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's just like, oh, that's, uh, that, uh, you know, you're like, you sort of catch it from somewhere. It's sort of, it's, yeah. it's coming past and you just happen to be there and grabbed it and, and, and sort yeah. of sucked it down into your body or something. Oh, I don't it's know. so good. It's so good. And we always like kind of like waiting on that like spark of inspiration, aren't we? Oh, um, yeah. It's just like, when's it going to come? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I so do sometimes you, wonder. I'm like, go on, sorry. When you were, when you were busking, this, <laughs> is, this is when you first moved down to London. So how how long ago? Well, was that? no. So I was in. So I was in London. You're in Middlesex. Um, I was at Middlesex Middlesex Uni, which is in London. It's in North yes, London. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I studied here in London, uh-huh. and then I um, and then when I graduated, I started doing busking and stuff. Um, was that and, like South Bank and stuff like that, or? Um, that was I, I. My spots were like Hammersmith outside the station, like Leicester Square. Um, near not like the usual you know like oh i can't be able to explain actually i'm not gonna be able to explain it's so bad like i don't know anywhere in london um <laughs> really <laughs> um and uh south kensington outside south kensington station okay. was quite good yeah. yeah um near like where the the flower market was and i'd get a lot of people buying me flowers which is really nice but then they don't realize i have to like travel back yeah. with my guitar and my yeah. amp and it's like where do i put all of this with all the money and everything as well it's really nice but it's also like an effort but um but yeah i actually miss oh i miss those days actually and i feel like i've been thinking about going back out and kind of doing that 
Maybe there's, I don't know if it'd be allowed at the minute, but there's been there's a whole other thing happening this year. I'm not sure whether you've noticed the uh, that there's been mm. a pandemic on. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm oh, not sure shit, whether you've yeah. noticed. There's been this yeah. whole thing that shut the world down. I know, but it's just it's kind of so normal now, isn't it? And it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, this is like I've not been able to do things in so long. Oh my god. Know. I know. Uh, um so with your with your busking, mm. this is this is your main outlet, or were you were you already starting to record stuff? Were you gigging at night time, or were you, yeah, were you doing so, everything at once? Or so I was doing a lot of um, I was doing gigs and stuff as well, you know, um, and like you know, and pub gigs and things like you know covers and things to get some money as well. They would bring in money, and um, and then like venue gigs. I was playing my own stuff, um, but the busking was like the majority. It was probably about seventy five percent of my income. And then I started kind of doing more like, um, you know, recently, kind of the past couple of years, doing like uh, writing for like library tracks and things like that with yeah. producers, you know, where yeah. your songs kind of could get used for adverts and TV and things like that. So I've had like a bit of success with that on some things, which has been good. Um, and that's brought in some money. Also, like the past uh, couple of years, I've also been doing stuff for Hits Radio and it's like the talk, but um, you know, like the, the jingles for like radio. Yeah, right. So it's like, yeah. So like biggest throwbacks and hits radio, all that shit. <laughs> That's wicked. So I do. So I do all that. So if you, if you ever listen to hits radio, you'll probably hear me on there. Um, so I, yeah, I do a lot of that. And then other, other radio stations and stuff as well. Um, just around the UK and, um, other places, other countries and stuff as well. So that's another source of income. Um, but that's probably been the past couple of years. I've had more of that kind of thing come through and like writing work and stuff for producers, stuff that I might not necessarily feature on, but I've yeah. sang on and written on, and, yeah. you know, so yeah, bits and bobs. Loads bits of stuff. and bobs. So <laughs> As as an artist, just before the lockdown, could you walk mm. us through just like a, a a normal sort of week in the life of Noama Noala? What would you normally be doing, like oh. performance wise and lifestyle in in the before times? Ah, uh, okay. Because um, before, I mean, sessions. There was a lot more of that going on in terms of I'd actually go to people's studios and work with some I've worked with some amazing people actually um some really amazing producers um and songwriters um but I won't start name dropping because that's lame but <laughs> but um but yeah so I did a lot of that and it was mainly to like work on stuff for me and um and then also for like other stuff whether it's for like other artists or just to pitch to labels and things like that so I did a lot of that kind of thing um and yeah, it was before lockdown. It was working on trying to get like my first EP out. I'd put stuff out before, yeah. but then it, I'd just taken it down because I was like, oh, it wasn't good enough or, you know. And so, uh, and I did eventually get together an EP of like older songs um, that was released in October. Um, now there's like other things going on. It's just, ah, oh, I feel like it's so, it's so, Oh God, it's so up and down the music, whole music thing. Like I'm oh. sure you know, it's it's oh, yeah. you know, and um and, and you can be on this path of thinking you're going this way, and then all of a sudden something can happen, and it's kind of changes your mind on things or your direction. And I am kind of in a bit of a limbo stage at the minute, um, but it's like potentially good. But um, yeah, do you because think, I'm do you no think longer. That's because of, mm. Do you think that's because of the the pandemic, or is that sort of the path that you're on already? You sort of just no like it's been like that 
consistently I think like um ever since things started kind of ramping up for me really I mean like you know there's been like little moments where um I kind of th- thought that things would happen a little bit more do you know what I mean and then and then it hasn't or like things can surprise you sometimes as well and uh you know <laughs> I don't, it's weird because I really want to say, like so because I'm because I'm no longer with the manager that I did have which actually he helped me so much he kind of um you know he got my my first EP I worked with this great producer on it and uh that was great and really I feel like he's who helped me kind of put me into like the music industry sphere yeah. world yeah. because before that I was very much okay busker trying to just get heard gigging around but I didn't really know people yeah. do you see what I mean and yeah. um and 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 so like now I'm kind of in that world a little bit more you know and um, I've I've met some great people work with some great people um and then I kind of uh and then literally the past couple of months I've just been like okay my plan for this year is just to so I'm going a bit off from what you said I don't know but I'm just is this okay for <laughs> me to just yeah. like ramble? Yeah, no, okay. All right. Yeah. It's very no, interesting. So, um, <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah. And then like, so the past couple of months, I was like, okay, this year I'm just going to put out like as much stuff as possible. And I've got like a load of songs that I'm supposed to be feeding on with like producers, but it's all quite different and, um, you know, dance music and stuff. And there's this whole like, being confused as to whether you should be releasing stuff that's not your own music or like you know featuring on stuff that's not like that doesn't fit with your brand per se but it's still good and it's still good to have stuff out so that's something I've been like struggling with but my whole plan was yeah I'm gonna put this music out and everything and then literally recently I've kind of um <clears throat> I've kind of been in touch with these other guys in America and they want to do some stuff with me and, and that so it's kind of like changed I was on this path of like, I'm going to do everything myself. And I kind of yeah. felt quite free yeah. about that because yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I had two years with the manager and although he really helped me in terms of the connections and contacts and stuff, I also kind of felt like, I don't know, like I'm very hands-on and I'm, I'm very grassroots. Do you know what I mean? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I like to have control over my, my career and know what's going on and, and have those connections with first person with people rather than it going through someone else and I was always feel it felt a bit weird about that you know yeah. and um so I was actually yeah I felt really good and I was just like oh I've got the power back and I can do what the hell I want and don't have to go through someone else and you know um uh which was really good and then literally as soon as I start started kind of feeling like okay yeah like I'm just gonna do this myself I'm gonna re- I'm gonna record an acoustic EP because producers don't always get me and blah 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 you know <laughs> And then, um, and then these guys came about and I feel like it was like a natural thing. I always said to my, cause I, w- I was thinking about getting another manager and then I was like, no, do you know what? The right manager will come to me. It will be at the right moment, you know, and I won't force it. And, you know, I do think there is something to be said for, um, you know, I wouldn't call myself like a spiritual person or anything. Like, even though I'm around a lot of those kinds of people, like, you know, <laughs> I'm around a lot of hippies, like, and I'm definitely a hippie at heart, but like, um, but like, there is something to be said for the whole like manifesting and, and, and like the universe and stars aligning and all this shit, because it always seems to happen this way. As soon as I kind of like it happened with getting my first manager as well. And it kind of like, as soon as you're just kind of, when you know what you need to be doing and you're so clear and you're so focused, it's like these things come about and they kind of slot in. And it's like, 
I don't know. It's just it's just weird how things happen. But um, but yeah, so I don't want to say too much about that because like we know with the music industry, and this is part of the thing, right? Like it's 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 waves and dips and like you never actually truly know because and I think this is part of the hard thing about especially if you want to achieve that dream, you know, of touring the world and doing that whole thing, like you are gonna be confronted and and if you believe you're good and other people people believe in you, right? You're gonna be told so much that you're amazing, like you know, you're gonna be massive, and then like and then you're gonna be let down by certain things it's not always it's not always down to the people either it's other circumstances or whatever but um ultimately you realize that kind of everyone that like wants you to do well and wants to be on that journey with you is going to like hype you up and is going to like they wouldn't want to join up with you if they didn't think that you were going to be big do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. like they're gonna sell you the world they're gonna like be like yeah because they've, they've got to believe it as well but that also means that you're kind of put on this high a lot of the time and then and then also on a lot of lows when you start thinking, like, oh, my God, maybe I'm not actually cut out for this because things don't go to plan or things don't seem as good as they did initially. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, <laughs> yeah. So it is kind of a it's been like a constant thing like that, really. But this is the, that's kind of where I am right now is I had this plan. And now this has happened and now I'm kind of just waiting to see. I'm in this like limbo stage at the minute, waiting to see what's going to happen and, and not kind of, you know, not fully deciding on anything yet. I'm kind of, yeah, unsure. But <laughs> That's full on. Um, so I, th <laughs> I think just going back to what you said before, I think two yeah. things about that when you were talking, I was listening to it and I thought that what you said is really, really true in the fact that there's there's two things people want to be people are attracted to people or want to be around people that are doing well so like yeah and it doesn't matter if you're financially doing well it doesn't matter if you're like if you've you know even career successfully if you're if you're someone that's focused on an end goal and you're working towards that i think people mm. people want to work with those people i think people want to be around those people if you're just sort of flailing around and desperate and doing whatever with everybody sometimes that gives out a bit of a a bit of a you know a bit of a, 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 a manky vibe people don't really want to be around that and i think that goes yeah. into what you said as well i like the idea of that idea you know that what you said about spirituality the idea of like you know manifesting it i think yeah i think if you're like the times i've met the most interesting people or the times that i've had the most interesting experience or the times that I build relationships are when I'm not expecting it. So I'm not, I'm putting, yeah. not, I'm not putting on that face. I'm not, yes. I'm not pretending You're to be you. something. I'm just me. Mm, and then, mm -hmm. but that's, that's the way I met my wife. Like my wife yeah. was dating a friend of mine and we just got on really well. And I wasn't, yeah. you know, trying to date her because she was dating a mate of mine. So yeah. then I got to know her and then we sort of really liked each other, but then, you know, nothing happened because she was, I was dating someone else. <laughs> she was dating someone else. They broke up and we met up at a party like a few months later and it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, and it's 20, 20 years, 20, 20 years, 21 years oh, wow. now. So Aww. that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. If you're like, oh, I'm, oh, get, you know. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we're fine. But if you're like, if you're focused on being the best you can be and working hard and, you know, crossing yeah. all the T's and dotting all the I's, people go, hey, that person looks really interesting. Let's see if we can work with her. Yeah, it's so true. I think there's a lot to be said for like, I think if you are frustrated 
and not like and not happy with with kind of where you're at or where you're going and you're also like I think it's like living in the present rather than like living in the future like if you're constantly always it's good to obviously plan your future a little bit and and have those goals and those dreams I think that's great great and like it is definitely the thing that like you know music in general it is the thing that kind of like makes me want to get up in the morning like every day do you know what I mean I'm thinking about it all the time but like but yeah I think you have to be happy with where you're at and be like oh I'm just really enjoying my life doing what I'm doing rather than constantly being but why am I not here yet why have I not got this why have I, you know and it's the same with relationships like you're saying because I always say that to people when people are having like relationship issues and stuff it's like man just focus on yourself just love being with you do you know what I mean and then it will come and it always happens that way because when you are just you it's self-love like that's what it is it's like you know with whatever area it is whether it's your your love life or your career or whatever like you gotta love yourself first and you gotta love just like you know being present and doing what you do and appreciating stuff gratitude and all that shit (laughs) oh I've lost you I've lost you I can't hear you you got me now one, two? Yes. Yeah, there we One, go. Two. There we go. I think something. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think it was something a bit loose. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so just if you can walk us through like um, like a career highlight for you. So it doesn't yeah. have to be like Wembley or it can be, we- <laughs> but, it can be I wish Wembley. it was Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> or, Unfortunately you know. not. Not yet. Um, so a lot of yeah. times for me, like my career highlights have been particular gigs <laughs> that I've like played to yeah. certain, like a crowd or in, a like I did a tour in Egypt a little while ago and it was amazing oh, wow. because it was all just me with a backpack huh? and like that that's a career highlight for me stuff like that it's not that's you know sick. it's not huge but it's it's something that I will always remember so what's have, have you got any of those that you can talk about yeah um can, yeah can I ask though like how did you go about that did you like did you kind of just go and just like see where you could perform or did you have a, a plan for it or well, well talking about that idea of like just opening yourself up and and working with a bunch of different mm. people like you've been doing with different producers I, yeah yeah I, when i've actually when i first moved to the uk five years ago i was just applying to everything like anything that came past yeah that's the same just, when i was in london when just you know yes i'll do that yes i can mm-hmm. do that yes you know just say yes and i Something came to it was an email from an agent saying, like, oh, we've got this gig with this Egyptian guy. Um, he wants a looping artist. And no, I do, I do looping. <laughs> so I said, yeah. yeah, okay, I'll do that. And, and and okay, he wants to meet you. So I went and did it. And it was um turns out it was this massive Egyptian star, a guy by the name of Hamsa wow. Namira, Hamsa Namira. And he was doing a TV show for Al Al Arabi TV, which is like the mm. the biggest arabic speaking television station in the world wow i had no idea so i've just lobbed in with my backpack on and it's like there's tv cameras everywhere there's like all this stuff and so i did this thing in the studio with a song and what he was doing was grabbing um traditional arabic tunes Mm. and then basically putting a modern spin on them so there was like me and i was playing like guitar and doing looping and then there was a, a beatboxer who was Sick. from originally from saudi arabia who was um uh omar say no more and there was um <laughs> there was a rapper from egypt called yeah. zap zap Thawat, who was a massive wow. star in egypt so i'm walking in and i was like oh this is pretty weird anyway so then i ended up he goes oh because we're, we're doing some backup because like, oh, so you can sing so won't you sing some of this so i ended up singing this whole big end thing of this song and it's I don't know it's got m- millions and millions and millions of views. So 
I want to see that. Where you? Can you send me that? Yeah, I'll send you the link later. It's yeah. It's, it, and we did the we did the film clip outside of Shepherd's Bush Tube Station. Sick. And it's that's wicked. wicked. It's so it was so fun. It was just like a day, and yeah. uh, did it. And you know he was he was really lovely, and the guys were really lovely, and I sort of kept in contact with him. So over the years, I've just got every time I put music out, yeah. all these Egyptian people come and say hi and they say we love you we love you and they just quote this Aww. line life I, I sang this they i just made up like this whole lyrical line it's life is just a game and it was like a metaphor thing anyway they always quote me this stuff so i thought that's I, so cool well i just got in contact with hamsa and i said oh i'm gonna come i, I want to come down can you help me out and so he put me in contact with some um you know uh producers and stuff and i just yeah. went and did like like a half not even a half a dozen like two or th- three or four gigs i think it was maybe yeah. maybe four uh-huh. And uh, they're all low key. They weren't really big, but mm-hmm. they were awesome. And it was yeah. so much fun. And I ended up, I ended up, and the hot, not the highlight, but the, the the two real big highlights was I played at this old, like in Cairo. So it was all in Cairo. And I played yeah. in this like artist retreat. It was like a, they do um, like traditional pottery. And so they're, mm. this guy has pumped a bunch of money into the local community to get the community involved in pottery and the arts so it's like this artist retreat and i was on the top of this building what's like five-story building as the as the they were calling to prayer Mm. so like all across cairo when it's when it's you know that time i think it's eight o'clock or something they call to prayer and it was just amazing the sun was going down i'm sitting and there was this all these all these people on a rooftop come to listen to me play and i was like yeah that's what i mean those those moments like oh those moments count so much like i actually think sometimes some of the best moments for me have been like at festivals around campfires and things do you know what i mean like rather than just like the gigs on stage but actually like yeah coming to your question like i like it i think probably one of the best gigs i've played was um supporting you know newton faulkner oh i'm a massive newton faulkner fan hey there we go yeah i did a couple of dates for him. Hand built um, by robots is one of my ago. favorite albums of all times. I, I'm not surprised actually, because I think because he's an amazing guitarist as well. So oh, I always think when you come across, yeah, I mean, like I always think, yeah, they have a much appreciation for Newton Faulkner. And he was great as well. He was so good. And his fans are amazing because obviously they really appreciate like good real music and like kind of raw music. So they fucking loved me as well, which was great. Um That's and wicked, uh, man. yeah, it was so good. And the, he the lives first night. No way. I, Where are I you? see I see him all the time. I live in Muswell Hill. Oh, okay. So I see him all the time. I'm always like, yeah. oh, there's Newton Faulkner. There's like ah! he's probably the, he's probably like the star I've seen in London the most. I have got such That's a man mad. crush on him. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah, no, it was so good. And um, yeah, it's probably one of the biggest like, you know, gigs I've played as well. But um it was just two gigs in uh, actually it was in Reading. Can't remember the name of the it was like a I can't remember the name of the venue now, which is really bad, but it was like um, you know, like university yeah. like venues. It was kind yeah. of yeah. But um, yeah, it was about maybe like fifteen hundred to two thousand people or something. So it was like quite a nice size of people. And um, yeah, the first night they weren't totally sure yet because it was basically through it was through this kind of like competition type thing and um this is actually why i i love i think it's really hard when you don't have like recorded music to show what you can do but i've always said i want people to see me live to get it because i don't think 
it's, I think that's where I shined. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. basically I put in these like, you know, just live videos and, uh, and yeah, and they loved, they loved that. So he kind of booked me for it. And, um, and the first night, you know, they weren't totally sure how it was going to go, whatever. So I only had like three songs and then like after the gig, it went really well. And he was just like, how many songs do you want to do for the next show then? And I was like, how many, and he, how many can I have? And he was just like, you know, like eight, nine. I was like, Sick, yeah. <laughs> so like trusted me to come back the second night and do like a full full set you know that's amazing so, yeah that was wicked and like they and they were so responsive the the audience and I, I felt like a little bit like a celebrity when I came out you know like a little bit um and they all kind of swarmed around me and you know getting my autograph and chatting to me which is really sweet um so I kind cool. of gained gained some uh kind of fans that have still carried through you know to now which has been really good so that was definitely a highlight. I also um I also got this opportunity to work with Nile Rogers and uh um, no. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, this was quite a while ago now. This is like when I first this was, I was still at uni then, I think. And um yeah, that was pretty amazing. Um I got I was basically picked out of like 3000 people to be the vocalist for this like remix track thing. And it was with do you know Rudimental? as well oh, yeah 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 so um so it was the rudimental and Nile rogers and it was basically like this three-day thing where we all got together and jammed with like a band and there was like they had um they picked out various other like young people that it's kind of whether they were like you know guitarists and even like social media people and stuff like that and so that was an amazing experience as well so like obviously that's a bit of a yeah that was quite a moment um like working with them on that did you get to have a chat with of, him yeah of course yeah i was even in the papers with him i got a picture next to him on the, in the evening standard oh so you're, you know, you're a proper like, star then you're a proper star yeah. In the paper. oh yeah i know um yeah they were like who, who wants to be no i was like first hand up do you know what i mean when they were like who wants to be in the paper get some photos done with nylon and i was like me um <laughs> yeah so that was really cool um That's there's been amazing. some really cool there's been some really cool moments i won um the green king uh, competition which is like you know the green king pubs the pub chain yeah. and the yeah so um and i got into the um actually it was quite funny because it was a oh no i shouldn't say that actually because <laughs> i don't want to say that like you know because a lot of them are, oh i've got to say it now but like the you know like the um it's like usually like a public vote type thing right yeah but like obviously i hate doing things like that i'm like i'm never gonna do like it's just a popularity contest it's not down yeah. to how good you are all this kind of yeah. thing whatever but the um the the guy you have to go through these various stages and basically there was a guy that um ran one of the pubs and he was just like look i just think you're great and i'm just gonna put you in to like play at the at the main show anyway so i basically got fast-tracked and then um and then pretty much i supported Razorlight because they they kind of um yeah, they went and I won the and I won the the competition and I won like five grand and my weight's worth in beer. <laughs> Your weight's worth in beer. Yes. <laughs> so what? then they came with like, yeah, like big kind of uh what are they called? Well, loads of stacks of beer and stuff, which I think I'm actually I think I actually still have like a couple left, but I don't intend to drink them. They're just there as like a memory type thing now. Oh, but, like, that's a pity it's a pity yeah. you're not you you're not bigger. You would have got more beer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> a few more inches, that's true. But um, but yeah, so that was amazing because loads of my friends came and stuff and my family. And I wasn't, because it was all boy, like it was all uh, rock bands. Because obviously it's a Green right. King pub. But yeah, I, was yeah, the yeah. Only, I was the only female. I was the first one on. And most of them were all rock bands. 
And then I didn't, so I did not think I was going to win either. Oh, and uh, they were really good as well. These bands were like fucking, and also, yeah, they were so good. And um, I was the first one on, so I got really drunk <laughs> backstage, just like having the time. I just didn't think I would win. And then they called my name and I came out and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a pretty cool moment as well. That's but I awesome. think even like the little things as well, like just kind of working with great producers and writers and things like that. And, uh, you know, I've worked with um, like people that, you know, like uh, Joe Rubel, who worked with Ed Sheeran on his like first few albums and people like, and I was in a session not long ago with um, uh, Luke from Clean Bandit. Um, oh, right. Clean Bandit, pretty actually, amazing. Clean Bandit actually filmed a film clip at my daughter's school recently. Did they? Yeah, there's a That's there's weird. a they did a they did a film clip for I can't remember it was for something to do with the NHS. Oh, cool. They did like a song and they came and my daughter's actually in one of the Clean Bandit film clips. So there you go. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's a claim to fame, isn't it? As well. <laughs> well, I guess. So <laughs> they're, they're a good band. I so, love that band. No, actually. they are great. They're really good. And like and and yeah, it's just come across like really lovely as well. And Luke is really lovely. Um but yeah, like, so I've kind of, um, yeah, I've done some cool stuff and there's still some things kind of like, obviously things that I've worked with with other people that this is the thing as well, when you write a lot of songs and stuff, it's kind of a lot of stuff just kind of in the wings waiting and, yeah. you know, and I, w I really would love them to kind of get out there into the world, not for me, like songs for other people, you know, yeah, um, yeah. but it's all kind of, yeah, you never know. You never know what might come of anything. So, Well, the world yeah. seems to be slowly getting back to normal. So hopefully those, yeah. some of those projects will start to see the light of day soon. Yeah, I hope so. I just want a gig, to be honest, as well. And just, you know. Oh, I booked, but, I booked um, my first gig the other day. It felt bloody marvellous. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Where? For, um, where, are you, where are you gigging? Uh, the Sound Lounge. Oh, yeah, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. Just for like a singer-songwriter night. Yeah. And then um, I've got a festival booking, I think, and then just a couple of private functions later in the year that are, people really are starting good. to sort of go like, okay, it seems like things are, you're going to be able yeah. to meet in public soon. And Yeah. I mean, do you yeah. think, obviously, they're all saying that like festivals are going to happen and people are buying festival tickets and everything. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think? I, look, to be honest, I'm look, I look at the figures really closely and I'm still mm. looking at the figures and, while it is true that the 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 rates of infection and everything are dropping, yeah, I checked it today, and there's still average two hundred and six people a day dying, mm. and average twelve hundred a day infections. So that's it's going down. Um, it will continue to go down though, right? Because that's the idea. Well, the, the, the more people that get the vaccine, like the last time the schools opened up, um, the it would took about two weeks, and then the spike went through the roof so mm. in september but with the vaccine because that's what they're banking on right that's what that's what they're banking um, on but here, here's here's the, here's the problem i see mm. humans humans aren't built for this we're not built for mm. a year of being told we no. being told you know to change your complete <laughs> life so people are just sick of it and i know personally very sensible people you know that are not they're not breaking the rules but you can see everyone's getting real bloody tired of it. And I know yeah. last year when the kids went to school, people basically said, I oh, know it's fine. They're in school. We can just, you know, basically things are back to normal now. And I, I, my hope is, my hope is 
that the vaccine rolls out fast enough to stop another spike. Um, mm. I'm cautiously optimistic for a late summer. Mm. I think a late summer, early autumn kind of deal. Mm. There'll be some stuff that might go ahead, but everything still is, you know, I, I think we'll know more in like a month after a month of the kids being back at school. Mm. Once that happens, I think once we're into April and the rates yeah. are still falling, I'll, I'll be like, right, I'm going to start going hard for the end of summer. At the moment, I'm yeah. just putting things in and putting out feelers, but I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't. Yeah, I'm still kind of very much like I, I don't. I'm well, as I said before as well. I'm kind of in this limbo stage at the minute anyway. So I'm, until that's kind of sorted, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. But at the same time, yeah, I am a bit resistant to kind of booking things or doing anything or even like going to festivals with my friends. Do you know what I mean? Like just for, because it's kind of like, yeah, I can't. We're still in a lockdown now. We're not yeah. expected to get out until is it June June twenty first or is well, that like a- it's April getting April, loosened? Well, April and May the talking about opening up um, gyms and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I know Scotland has just made it so that you can like have outdoor sports again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I think it's basically everything's supposed to be back by June, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's a staggered thing. Long, yeah, which is still quite a while. So I just can't see how festivals are going to be on a month after, after we're st- <laughs> like straight out of a lockdown. I don't know. But there we go. But also, also oh, people, People yeah. are going to be gagging for it, man. I know. You can't have a festival. I'm sorry. Like, no one is going to be going to a festival and not, like, wanting to get in the crowd and hug oh, people. And, you know, that's... There's going to be so many happen. babies born in, like, March next year. Oh, my God. Right. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. There's going to be so oh. much shagging happening at stuff. Like, honestly, <laughs> some of this, some of this <laughs> year, if the, if the virus is gone... The amount of uh, like unwanted pregnancies that are going to happen is going to be through the roof. Oh, I guarantee. God, I know. It's so true. <laughs> oh, People are just going to be letting loose. In oh so man, many there's just going to be so much <laughs> drinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I know what, I know what <laughs> pubs are like. I've grown up in pubs. You know, it's on a, yeah. on a Saturday night. If if the spectre of death is no longer hanging over you. Man, people are just going to be making some really rash decisions, hey? Yeah, I can't wait, to be honest. I can't wait to see it. I can't blimmin' wait. It's going to be nice. Yeah. I'm, very, I'm very much enjoying the start of spring. It's it's. Uh, oh, it's been really nice today. Yeah, it's been good. The, the flowers nice are blooming and it's, it's, it's beautiful. So mm. we've been having too much fun talking. We've already gone, we've already gone for an hour. <laughs> um, just walk us through... It's about a year since we all sort of locked down for the first time. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. walk us through how it sort of affected you as an artist and how it affected you as a person. So, honestly, I think I'm actually quite lucky because I feel like I'm someone that, and especially I've realised more the past couple of months, but I actually really enjoy my own company. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like, I just, it's weird because actually in certain um certain like atmosphere like environments um you know like gigs and things like that and when people see me some people would would think that I'm a bit of an extrovert but I'm actually like and I do get my um my kind of energy from people but to a certain extent but I'm actually very happy with myself and very happy just hanging out with myself and I don't not worrying about other people and and yeah. I'm kind of I don't I don't mind and also I feel like it's been this last year I feel like it's just been like a preparation period and kind of um it's not 
I feel almost bad saying it because I know a lot of people have struggled. A lot of people have really struggled and uh, like not being able to see people and kind of, um, you know, um, but I've, I've, I've been fine. <laughs> Like That's obviously amazing. I've had actually more at the start, like um last year, like uh when it first started, the first couple of months, I feel like um you kind of maybe got a bit itchy feet and I was kind of a bit didn't know what to do with myself and was just going on lots of walks and kind of um but I think that's more just like my mentality anyway I get like that here and there we all have like bad days do you know what I mean where we just kind of feel in fact today for me has not been great actually and I'm not talking like you know I'm I'm kind of pretty stable in my mind like but but today I've just been feeling a little irritable not really focused not really knowing what to do kind of thing yep. I always have those days here and there but um but in general I think you know um it's been it's been all right because I've, I've written some really good songs I've um you know I kind of put that EP out the first EP like in October last year and um had a couple of singles before then so during that time, I actually managed to get music out for the first time and actually have a presence on Spotify and other like, you know, platforms. Um, and live streaming has been such a big thing for me. Like yes. I do live streams every since March, actually. I've done a few things before, but March last year. Um, and I've done a um I do basically a live stream every Wednesday on my Facebook page. And it's been amazing. I feel like I've built like a community. It's yeah. not just people that like like the music or friends that might come on. And it's like actually people talk to each other on there now and kind of, and there's people that come on there every single week without yeah. fail, yeah. Uh, which is so lovely. And, um, you know, it's still on average, probably like 30 people, you know, like a small amount of people, but it's so nice. And um, it's some, it, I think that's also a good thing is I think the, the reason why people struggle as well is not having like that thing to focus on, right? Like that. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes when you know that every Wednesday I'm going to be getting on and doing this, it's kind of like, and sometimes I don't always feel in the mood either. But then as soon as I've done it and I'm, I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, because it's good. You have to prepare yourself for it and kind yep. of, you know, so that's been amazing because it's actually like having that connection with my followers and, and people that love my music and, and that like love me as me as well. And kind of like, you know what I mean? Like yep. the raw, unfiltered me yeah. um which is so good and so makes me feel great and I get lovely comments from people being like you know I, I make their week every week and kind of uh especially during this time I've really I think I've really helped people which is good so that's, that's, been, a, that's a really good thing mm. that's and marvelous. I don't know if I would have done that if it wasn't for all this I don't know if yeah. I would have done like a weekly thing like that probably not yeah Mm -hmm. I know, I know I definitely wouldn't have got into all the streaming stuff that I'm doing now. Like I definitely wouldn't have started this podcast without the, without the, uh, without the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this I've is always amazing. wanted to start a podcast. I've always wanted to do one. Like I listen to podcasts and I, I think they're awesome and I've just never done it because yeah. it's, it's, uh, but this has given me the opportunity. So yeah, you know, for you, you, you got to look at it as uh, opportunities. That's what I mean. Like, and I've, you know, I've organized a lot of my life as well. Like, you know, not just music stuff, but just generally like organizing things like my cupboards, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, my kitchen cupboards and stuff. But oh my God, the other day, oh my God, we never see spiders in the flat. Like for some, because I'm on the, the top floor, I don't know. They, I just don't really see them that often. Right. And then I was cleaning out my cupboard, my kitchen cupboard the other day. And I found like seven spiders like two big ones as well and I was like oh they're all hiding in here I was like Jesus all behind my spices and stuff you know I was trying to like dangle them out the window like come on you, you, <laughs> like, you, can't, you can't impress me with spider stories you, you're talking to a man who grew up in outback oh, Australia no, I forgot I forget yeah I, uh, that's true. I, I have had more than I've had more than 
more than three or four very large spiders land directly on my face over my life. So, oh god, no, uh, no, I no, used no, to no, I no. used to live in a caravan when I was like fourteen, fifteen, in the caravan in the back of mm. my parents' house. Like they had a house, and mm. I had three siblings, so we only had a two bedroom house. So I got to go and sleep in the caravan, and quite often of a night time, there'd be a a spider <gasps> like as big as my hand crawling no, across the ceiling, no. and quite often they'd just land on the bed <laughs> no they wouldn't oh yes as big would. as your hand oh, yeah. as big as your hand yeah i've got big hands <laughs> no giant no, no. hairy spiders that move very fast and, and, oh, go, yes. and go straight oh. for your face no oh that's horrible oh yeah. oh yeah oh i i mean i had yeah that is like i've only had one experience like that but it was with a much much smaller spider but i just i was like i woke up it was in my bed and i was just like kind of half asleep and my friend was next to me as well and um she was asleep and I was like and, and I could just feel it kind of tickling on my and I was just like what is this you know like t- itching my arm being like what yeah. is that and then I wake up and there's a spider on me and I screamed and she screamed she was like what and I was like it was a spider oh <laughs> uh, but, but to be honest ne- that's a really weak um story compared to I that. once nearly crashed my car because I was uh I was driving along and there was a spider probably Probably, oh, it's hard to see, but like my hand is there. It's probably about yeah. up to my first knuckle uh. on my chest. Uh. And I'm driving and I look down. I feel him calling up my belly. No. And I look down and he's on my belly. And then I went, no. oh, and he ran straight uh. on my face. Uh. <laughs> oh, no. no Knocked no, him no. off. And then he landed underneath the pedals of, of the car, like as I was driving down a street. So I was like trying to kick him out from underneath because I didn't have any shoes on. <laughs> oh no! Because you don't want to squish him either. Well, I don't want to squish him. I don't want him to bite no. me. I don't want to. No. You know, so I ne- I nearly crashed the car. In the end, I basically just stalled it and jumped out and tried to get him out with oh a pair my of. Oh god! Yeah. Anyway, that's. But that's, you must be okay with spiders living with that though, to a I certain mean, extent. You get used to it. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. You, you you know. You get used to it, but it's still not pleasant. It's not something you no, look forward not. to. <laughs> no, but then, but then I, but then I know people that are like really that love spiders. Do you know they're what I mean? Amazing creatures. Mm. I, I, I like them on a contextual level, and I think they do a wonderful <laughs> thing in nature. But I prefer them not to be on my chest. I get you. It's like it, it's always going to be a surprise, isn't it? When you're oh, not yeah. expecting it. Oh yeah. Yeah. All true. right. Well, let's um, we could we could chat about spiders all night, but let's finish off with a uh, let's finish off with a speed round. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to ask a, a bunch of Questions to wind us up. Okay. So when I say a speed round, it's almost never a speed round, but just (laughs) just try and think of the first thing that comes to your mind. So yeah, I will. I'm really bad at this because I just I go on a lot, as you can probably tell. So yeah. Who's your who's (laughs) your favorite who's your favorite artist right now? Right now. Okay. Do you know what? I've actually got my Spotify up for because I'm like, um, Because when you say favorite, it's got to be someone that's kind of like I listen to more of their music than just the odd song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to a lot of like um, you know, um, Eliza, and she does like she, she you know, Eliza Doolittle, yeah. and she had her like um, she had her music, her pop music back in the day, but now yeah. she's come, now she's got this like um, this EP that's um, that's like soulful, like kind of neo soul like hip hoppy beats kind of vibe right. like very different and she's under just Eliza not Eliza Doolittle 
So I'm listening to a lot of that. It's very, okay. it's like really sexy music. It's like, mm, you know? Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I've been listening to her a lot. Let's say her. She's good. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite song right now? Oh God. Um, ah, do you know what? Actually, yes. Because um, I, <laughs> I came across this song again, like, and it was a song I used to listen to when I was younger. Um, and it was on this like PlayStation. It was on this advert on Instagram. It was like for PlayStation or something. But you know, Ooh Ah by the Grits. Do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, you know, like Ooh Ah. So I liked it, and I've been playing it every morning recently. It's just a jam. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And what was the last song you listened to? Um. Well, all day today, I've been listening to like old soul music. Um. So I can't say. Actually, I can check on Spotify here. So the last one was Family Affair by Sly and the Family Stone. Do you know Quality, that? quality. Yeah. So like just music like that. And also I was realizing that there's so much soul music that like, you know, like has been sampled yep. in like oh, tunes yeah. now or the past couple. And like there was even a couple I was listening today and I was like, oh my God, like that tune is, oh yeah, you don't realize. Early, early hip hop stuff is all soul mm-hmm. beats. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um. Mm-hmm. What was the last album you listened to from start to finish? I think it was Nicole Buffs. Who is that? You know, she does, and that was one of them that I realised because she, she does um, her hit was, um, and this this is an, comes from an old soul record, um, but she used a bit of it. But there's this song she does called "You," and um, it goes, "I feel free as a bird flying on the as long as baby, as long as I got baby, 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 I'm flying. Oh, it's so she's and her voice is like, oh, it's gravelly, it's like, <laughs> it's so good. And I love that tune. And so I thought, and I kind of, um, I don't know, just was re- revisiting that song. And then I was like, I've not actually listened to like the rest of her music, so I had to listen to her album. And it was great. Like, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, you should listen to her, like her. To be honest, I really loved listening more so to her live stuff you know like the acoustic live stuff because you have yeah. you can just hear how raw her voice is and how amazing yeah. it is i just love any voice that's got like graveliness to it it's got a I'm story like, yeah yeah voice with a story. <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> what uh what's a song you wish you had written oh hmm uh the first thing that pops into my head is really cliche i feel and it's at last by a James, but I feel like that's just because it's such a classic tune. What but a song. I feel like that is it's such what a, a song. great song. And it is the first thing that popped into my head, but I feel like there's probably I feel like there's probably other songs. Well, I don't know. Let's go with that because that's what came to me. That's awesome. No, I love that song. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. And the, it the is, instrumentation it on that, that like the or- orchestra in that is just breathtaking. Um yeah. what's your favorite guilty artist pleasure? Like what well, I'm sorry, favorite Ooh. guilty pleasure artist, I should say. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, well, actually, the other day I was listening to Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Ah, uh, yes. Which is actually a really good tune. But that was originally written by Jessie J. And I feel like that's why I liked it more because it was actually, I heard her version of it first. And it oh. was more from like a London, from her, she was like, Got off the plate, you know, of an LAX in my tea and my cardigan. She did a different version of it. Right. And she, the words were different. 
But then I thought, oh, I'll listen to the Miley Cyrus version. Uh, yeah, so I like that. But actually, I always used to joke and say, I've not listened to them in ages now, but I've, whenever anyone would ask that, I'd always be like, N-dubs? Do you know N-dubs? No. <laughs> yeah, N-dubs are, yeah, I'd say N-dubs are a guilty pleasure. No, 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 2000 and sexy. Like, they're just so... <laughs> You know, like Talisa and Dappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, okay. like, they they were a part of N-dubs. Okay. <laughs> Back All in right. the day. Okay. I thought they were my new Nikes. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so if I could wave a magic wand, what other mm. skill would you like to have outside of music? Um... Oh yeah, because I was going to say be better at the guitar, but that's still music. But um, I like and language probably like Spanish. I'd love to learn Spanish and like know how to speak it properly. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, There's a big part of the world's population that speaks Spanish. That's what I thought, and I'd love to. I'd love to travel around and be able to. Yeah, just having another language would be amazing. And I think Spanish is such a sexy language. Plus, you can say Barcelona, Barcelona, Barcelona. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, that's that's awesome, Noala. So, thanks so much for uh, for doing this. Yeah. Um, where great. can where can people find more about you? Um, on my social media. So it's Noala's Music. So N U A L A S Music. That's for Instagram and Facebook. And I have a website as well, which is noalaofficial.com. And Spotify, Nuala. Yeah. So all those places. So just just look up Nuala music or anything like that. Nuala's music. So it's got an S music. on the end of Nuala. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. kind of annoying. I have to always like I have to always explain that. And I'm like, but I think Nuala music was taken at the time, of course. But there we go. <laughs> That's how it goes. So it's Nuala's music. Yeah. I'm actually really lucky with that. I've, everything's under Ben Eaton music because Ben Eaton's a fairly unusual name, and then mm. there's only there's not many of us that play guitar. There's one other guy in America, and he, I think he weighs about three hundred kilos. So oh, wow, and he plays like Louisiana blues. So oh, cool. We don't often get mixed up. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, because Ben Eaton's quite a cool, like, solid name. Actually, the thing is with Nuala is it's like so Nuala is very unique. Yeah. Just Nuala, but but um, but it's actually supposed to be Nula. The name is actually supposed to. My mum read it in a baby name book and got the pronunciation wrong. So it's oh. actually supposed to be. That's yeah. Awesome. It's an Irish. It's an Irish name, and um, yeah. So actually, it's kind of semi-common in Ireland. And there's this other artist called Nula, and oh. uh, she's been going about for a little while. And basically, I actually applied for this festival. I got booked for this festival, and I was in the um. The, the festival program I wasn't expecting to be there and I was like a highlight in the festival program right and they put me in there but then like and like my image but then the description was like of her and I was like oh, no way they thought no. it was me <laughs> I know no but it, like it was actually quite good because I think there were people that had obviously come to like maybe see oh. her but I actually got like quite a good Oh audience God. of people i know it was a real like fuck up but you know but it was it was still great i was just like what? and then amazing. she actually messaged me maybe a year or so ago she was like i think people are getting us both confused like she's had people confusing her for me and stuff like that so that's not ideal but it's pronounced <laughs> different so Nuala. you wouldn't think it with a name like nuala but it is just because there's yeah in ireland it's kind of 
Sammy Common, but it's always pronounced Nuda. There you go. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a cool story, though. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, um, thanks so much for being on. And um, yeah, hopefully, uh, Thank you. hopefully we'll get to uh, play on a stage again soon. Yeah. How would you get to play a gig together at some point again? Yeah. That would be the good. Bed, the Bedford was fun, yeah. though. It was very fun. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, well, have nice a, have a good night. And uh, thank you. Hopefully, uh, late June. Yes. Well, hey. <laughs> All right, see ya. Have a good one. See you later, dude. If you've enjoyed the podcast, feel free to head over to the PayPal link attached to the description in the show notes and throw us a couple of pounds. You can also head over to my website, www.beneatonmusic.com and check out all the stuff that I do. I'd love for you to leave a comment or get back to me on Facebook, Instagram or YouTube, all under the name Ben Eaton Music. Have a great one. We'll see you next time. Thank you.